You're listening to Once, episode 177, Heroes and Villains. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Aaron. I'm Hunter. And I'm Jacqueline. We've got the whole game here to talk about the season <laughs> finale, or mid-season finale of Once Upon a Time, and we've got some great things to share with you. I want to mention, I'll talk more about this in a little bit, this episode is brought to you by lynda.com. Check out lynda.com slash once to learn something awesome in 2015. I'll tell you more about that later on. So as a mid-season finale, I felt like this was not as amazing as the season three mid-season finale. Well, but that's good. Yes. You you don't want to serve the best first. <laughs> We don't want the, the season finale in the middle of the season and the mid-season finale oh. at the end of the season like happened right. last year <laughs> in terms of epicness. Erin, what did you think overall? I felt like last episode was more like a season for the mid-season finale than this episode, but I think they did a good job in kind of continuing to tie up the loose ends from last while setting up everything for the return in March. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like an epilogue. Yeah, we kind of got two mid-season finales, and they actually spent an appropriate amount of time saying goodbye to the outgoing characters. Yeah. Yes, and we actually yes. got some closure yeah. there. Hunter, overall, what do you do you think? Oh, I really liked it. I I agree it was a bigger, more mid-season finale last episode, because it was the whole concluding of the story. But it's a good, like, can't wait till next session, the next half of the season. Jacqueline, what did you think? I thought this episode was okay. I thought it dragged for maybe the first 40 minutes. And <laughs> I was sort of like, nothing's really happening. And then once once kind of it got going, it got better. But yeah, I agree that in terms of looking back at past mid-season finales, this wasn't one of the strongest I guess we actually did say that in the initial reaction that for 40 minutes, after 40 minutes, I was like, huh, I thought a lot of stuff was supposed to happen. And then it kind of still did. But yeah, yeah, it took a little bit to get there. When I was taking my notes, I had written the heading saying goodbye to the out of towners or whatever Rumple had referred to them as in the first kind of opening and then wrote nothing under that category for the next 40 minutes. Like there was basically a huge lull in just that storyline like any any charming and any frozen character basically didn't appear in that context for mm -hmm. for that whole time because they were setting everything up it was a lot of treading water where they kind of have characters rehash plot to you so you know, you get a scene of Hook and Rumple in Hook's in Rumple's shop where he once again lays out that he's going to cleave himself from this dagger. <laughs> and if I have to hear that word, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like uh, yeah, they're, they're like, okay, we got to write the cleave scene. <laughs> Who wants to write the cleave scene this week? Yeah, Adam, Eddie, I can't take that word anymore. You got to get a new one. <laughs> Separate. 
separate is appropriate. Now, one thing that we haven't necessarily heard is something Emma said when they went to the bigger than ever ice wall at the town line. Was it just me or was it bigger? And then, but they took it down, so it's okay. (laughs) But Emma says, I sense that some of Ingrid's magic remains. Yeah. Was that just an awkward line for Emma or was that really kind of an indication that she can now sense magical things? She's always been able to since the curse was broken in season one. She said she could feel Um, something. She didn't know what it was. Yeah. And there have been other moments like that where she could feel some kind of magical thing. Like when she was with Regina at a certain point in, I can't remember what episode, but yeah, they felt something. And then at other moments, yeah. So Mm -hmm. this isn't new. Mm -hmm. It was a kind of a bit of an awkward line, though. Like, I know where Jeremy's coming from, where she just says, I sense something, and I almost expect her to start talking about the Force. (laughs) Emma's not really a censor. She's kind of like, nah, there's some magic still here. And there was a scene later where the same thing happened when she's like, wait, guys, I better do this because when they were going through the portal. So I think maybe she's been she's never been a safety first ask questions like she's always been like super impulsive and gung ho. And maybe she's kind of learned that that's not the best way to keep safe in a world full of magic. (laughs) She's gotten she's gotten blasted backwards onto her keister enough times now that she's a little protective. (laughs) Yes. I wonder if she would be able to come back into Storybrooke, though, because mm. that any barrier has never really existed for her. I think so. I think she would be the one who could go back and forth. If Rumpel can't, then no one else can. Except maybe, well, no, Regina didn't cast this curse. No. But then again, this spell was also kind of created to keep Emma and Elsa in as well. So maybe yeah. Emma can't leave. And it would be the first time that she's trapped as well. It's weird. The very specific, what did they call it? Remnants of her magic. Yeah. Very specific what those remnants happen to be in this episode. It's very convenient. Yes, convenient. <laughs> convenient. Yes, very convenient. <laughs> Made Marion cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I have to point out what Oz girl just said in our chat room she said she feels like there's a vocab word for every half season and last year it was simian i do remember complaining about simian yeah <laughs> yep and this year it's cleave mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well speaking of cleaving the queens <laughs> of darkness are cleaving together wait oh i wasn't sure where you're going with that <laughs> The word cleave can mean to separate and to be together. That's one of those really weird words. Oh. <laughs> it's just That's lousy. Like this town is lousy with, with magic. <laughs> but the however you look at it, the show's got a lot of cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> the Queens of Darkness are or as we called them in the initial reactions, Rumpel's Angels. Maleficent is looking a lot more Angelina Jolie in this time. Well, are you at all surprised? She's looking more Maleficent. True. Like that's how she looked in Sleep the Cartoon of Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, no, I I didn't put pick up the Angelina Jolie one at all. 
Oh, I, I well, did. Yeah. When they had her walk out from behind that rock, it looks exactly like a scene in Maleficent. I'm talking about like costume and everything like that. That's more movie than it was. That's how I separate them. Yeah. Well, I think a way that this might make more sense, though, is all the times that we've seen Maleficent before this, those very few times, actually, besides when she was a dragon, but the times that we've seen her had been right before the curse, either when Charming went to put the egg in her or when we saw Maleficent and Regina fight it out. Those were very close to the curse, and those were after the moments when Maleficent lost her love and all of this happened all of the stuff with aurora probably happened after what we see here in this flashback so my thinking is this maleficent is the powerful the confident nothing can stop me she is at the top of her game that's why she looks this way in this episode in these flashbacks but in other episodes we've seen the flashbacks have been chronologically at least a year, probably three years after this, two or three years. And that might be when Maleficent is a bit more defeated. So she changes her wardrobe to what we're more familiar with from Once Upon a Time, Maleficent. I kind of like that theory. But uh, you just brought up an interesting question in my head. We kind of know Maleficent's end. So if Rumpel has two more stops to make... That was meant, it seemed, to imply Maleficent, but seems like it couldn't be. It could also be a stop for another person and then a stop for something that he needs to get back into Storybrooke with them. Could be, but the whole thing that was going on right there, that montage that they had going with his little speech to the three potential students, maybe they were students of his at one point. I don't know. It seemed kind of like it. But he was talking about they would never, he would never team up with them. And here he is at the aquarium teaming up with Ursula and saying we have two more stops. Cruella, easily somewhere in our world, probably. But Maleficent is the odd one out of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because she, last time we saw her, she was this ghost in the bottom of the mines that Hook faced with a taser, probably. Well, you know, it's under the library. Maybe some of the books are written in squid ink. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or blood magic <laughs> but then again there could be something about with the way that the multiple curses went back and forth and such maybe maleficent somehow got to our world through a different means and not the most recent curse so maybe she was still alive even after hook did his whole thing <sighs> and maybe she made it to our world somehow with one of the curse switches How did they get to our world? That's my thing. Like, we know how the Snow Queen got here was through that portal door. So how did, after the curse, did they all get to our world? And does that mean that there's more characters living in our world? Yeah. People like the dragon or like (laughs) anyone else that we haven't met yet. Gareth said this. So far, we only know that Ursula is outside of Storybrooke. Since Rumpel cannot return to Storybrooke and he said they had two more stops to make, we assume... That the others are outside of Storybrooke as well. Maleficent used to be in Storybrooke, so if she is outside, she must have found a way to leave. Perhaps she flew over the ice wall or vaporized some flying monkeys. With magic, it is possible that she could have crossed the town line at several different points. Rumpel found a way as far back as season two. 
By extension, it is possible that Cruella and Ursula also started in Storybrooke and left at some point, possibly to await the right time to put their plans into action. Regina and Rumpel both would have had motivation to include Ursula in the Dark Curse if they could have managed it. I can't think of any other options for how Cruella got here. Ursula potentially could have swarmed here. (laughs) Mermaids can cross worlds under the sea, so presumably the sea witch slash sea goddess could as well. Yeah, Gareth, I think those are some good suggestions there, especially when it comes to Ursula, that maybe she just can do it. But why would she cross realms to work at an aquarium as a food fish dentist? <laughs> That's an excellent yeah. question. Going back to Maleficent really quick, there was a theory that Matthew Paul brought up quite a bit in the forums, and it's the idea that when Snow and Charming cast the Dark Curse back in Season 3 and recreated Storybrooke, they literally recreated the entire town, meaning that they recreated it as it originally was. So Maleficent might still be under the library, having been recreated in dragon form. Hmm. But that's magic, bringing someone back from the dead. Unless she was never actually dead. Because there was ghost Maleficent, what, but that she could was be... just reconstituted? Yeah. Hmm. I or think there's going to be rearranged. some magical hand-waving when it comes to Maleficent. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively. I took issue with Ursula being in green. I don't know if anybody else did. (laughs) Um, Wanted something a little more aqua. That they keep calling, like we have established, I know even when we did the movie review, it's Maleficent and they keep calling her Maleficent. That annoys me. Things like that annoy me. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Ursula is a giant green thing. I have issues with those weird tentacles that come out of her body like and choke people. That was just weird. Right. Especially yeah. when she wraps them around like her throat and is told, crush her heart. That's not where the heart is usually. I guess it could be if you're scared. <laughs> well, there was more than one tentacle. <laughs> there was. That's true. I'm just, I'm so excited that I can now talk about Cruella de Vil and Ursula because I saw that when I was in Steveston and had to put a lid on it and not... <laughs> spoil for anybody else even when emma got a dalmatian out of the machine last week (laughs) i knew it all i could say was yeah it was a dalmatian there's a movie about dalmatians yep (laughs) that little dalmatian was so cute (laughs) the puppy speaking of that dalmatian can cruella turn herself into a dalmatian because if she can i don't know how i feel about that because that's how it seemed to present one of our other listeners, Chris Tipton, suggested that as well, in fact. Yeah, there's been a couple of suggestions that Belle was lured into the woods by that puppy dog who then turned itself into Cruella DeVille and Cruella, now not a canine, kidnapped Belle. Does anyone have any theories as to why these three villainesses decided, hey, Rumpelstiltskin, the dark one, is one of the most cold-hearted evil villains in all the realms let's capture his maid i'm sure he'll absolutely capitulate to save the life of the help right (laughs) it kind of worked for them for a little bit there (laughs) since they did have him squirming yeah but i just don't know how they predicted that that's true well maybe they've been spying on him yes yeah because, you know, Belle, Belle wasn't talking to herself. She knows that Rumpel was listening. <laughs> Perhaps not only he listens. Yeah. 
Well, and in our initial reactions, we questioned whether Cruella has magic. And Jeremy, you brought up the point that it might not have been Cruella that actually poofed away herself. And now rewatching this episode, mm-hmm. if you watch carefully, you see Cruella look over at Maleficent. Maleficent waves her hand, mm-hmm. and then Ursula, then Cruella, and then Maleficent poof away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very possible that... All the same color magic, because we know it's all color-coded. Yeah, it's possible then that <laughs> Maleficent is the only magical one. Cruella just really seems out of place in Enchanted Forest. Like, she seems from yeah. our world. Mm-hmm. What She's from if she fictional is? London. Yeah, or fictional London. <laughs> Maybe fictional London. Or what if she is actually from our world? Yeah, Desperation yeah. and Gin. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently she thinks she's taller than she is, making short jokes at Rumple. She wasn't even the <laughs> tallest of the three women, I don't think. A crazy theory that Chris Tipton suggested is maybe Cruella DeVille is also Lily, because remember, Lilith <laughs> is a demon and Cruella <laughs> DeVille, devil, that whole thing, and also that different cliff that they met on. Ethnic backgrounds, but okay. Yeah, di- I think completely different uh, connections there ethnic backgrounds yeah all of that i don't think but you know transforming back and forth between like human and dog might do something to your dna yeah but if she if she can be a puppy that's gonna butcher the story (laughs) of the puppies (laughs) no pun intended butcher (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think that's what she was gonna do for them (laughs) i mean once she's walked a mile on their paws i think she wouldn't want to make them into furs yeah I hope, though, that that means there's going to be lots of puppies in the next half of this. Because <laughs> they're cute. <laughs> Little Dalmatian puppies. What if they're evil? They're not evil. Jeremy, they're puppies. <laughs> what if they're mythical Dalmatian beasts? Well, Pongo seems pretty. Well, that's true. Pretty evil. Oh, yeah. Do we get to see him again? I wondered if that puppy we saw was actually Pongo, but the collar is different. But we really can't tell anything from a collar. Hmm. I completely forgot about that. Speaking of cute puppies, something that's even more rewarding and more exciting for us to receive than a cute puppy is your kind contributions that help make this (laughs) podcast possible. Thank you specifically for this episode, Steve Johnson and David Newland. We really appreciate the support. And you hear their names a lot. They're subscribers, and they signed up for an automatic monthly donation to the podcast. And that's what really helps us the best. So thank you very much, Steve and David. And we've had many other donators in the past. If you would like to donate to the podcast to support what we're doing, because it does cost quite a bit to keep this coming to you, you've got several options. Go over to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor And you can check out how to donate on a one-time basis of any amount or an automatic monthly donation, which is what helps us the most, a per-episode donation, which is available through Patreon. And we have 13 Patreon backers over there, so thank you very much. We've been able to upgrade our chat room now. And the other way is that you can do your shopping through Amazon at any time of the year. Anytime you want to buy something from Amazon, go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor and click on the appropriate Amazon link for your country. And then a portion of your purchase comes back to support the podcast and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So there's are several options for you to support the podcast. Please consider it. If you enjoy the show, go over to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Even if you can't donate to the podcast, we always appreciate your feedback and your support 
of the podcast by sharing our links, tweeting, retweeting, sharing on all of the social networks. (laughs) We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. The last thing I think to talk about with the Queens of Darkness is their end game that they have in mind. Namely, how are they going to get back into Storybrooke? Because it seems like that's what Rumpel wants to do, right? That's not their end game. Well, their end game is a happy ending. Right. (laughs) But to get that probably means they all need to get back into Storybrooke. Maybe. I think think Hook's going to hook. I think Rumpel's going to go into advertising. He was on Madison Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) How did he get the money to buy his new clothes and his hook? Kane. He's Rumpelstiltskin. He probably made a deal. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> Does he still have magic outside? No. I don't think See, so. See, this is really confusing me, and this is what has confused me all season with Rumpel's storyline. I don't get it. I've been really unhappy with what they've done to Rumpel this season, and I don't get it. So he wants to cleave himself from the dagger, <laughs> but he still wants to keep all his magic so that he can have it all, but he wants to take Belle out into the real world so that he can show her everything, but that automatically means he loses his magic. So I really do not understand the purpose of Rumpel's arc this season, and I know I'm not the only one. There have been a lot of really unhappy people I th- with what they've done with Rumpel. But if he had not had an unsuccessful cleaving, he would have been able to leave... With his power, yes? Probably. And remember, his dagger is still in Storybrooke right yes. now. Yeah. Right, with Belle. I don't know. See, it, they never fully explained, A, what he was trying to do, and B, his motivations behind it. They kind of just kept saying that he's a selfish guy and that he wants it all, which means Belle and power. But... I mean, he just came across as kind of just super-duper evil this entire season. And even when he was doing really horrible things in the past, there was always a well-written reason, namely Balefire. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this season, it's just power for the sake of power. And he's he's never been that way. And, like, <laughs> I've had so many issues with what they've done to Rumble this season. I thought about changing my username. I thought about not being Rumble's girl anymore. <laughs> well, he chose power over Bay. Yeah. And then he chose Bay over power in episode 315, Quiet Minds. It's true. And, and they... nobody is bringing that up. Every single time Bell said something like, You've never chosen power. You've mm. never chosen me over power. My first thought was, Bell, you were standing right there when he threw the dagger to Zelina. And, you know, you watched <laughs> him kill himself. Right. I, I, I don't know. I've become very frustrated with Rumble's arc this season. <laughs> That's uh, some good points. Or it's kind of a what is it? What's in it for Rumple? And that's what he's always after is what's in it for him. At times, yes, he tried to be good, tried to turn over a new leaf, but then those nasty habits keep coming in. <laughs> and now he's just fully embracing that again. So he's he's a bit bipolar in some ways. <laughs> But he never even talks about sort of like his impetus for wanting to do this outside of power. If he had sat down and said, I have been, you know, psychologically damaged from coming back from the dead and being held captive by the Wicked Witch, which he did mention in this episode. 
But then the big giant elephant in the room that no one talks about, oh, and by the way, I lost my son that I'd been searching for for 300 years, you know, that at least gives him that sympathetic bent that I'm used to having from Rumpel. There was none of that this season. They've they've kind of changed the language I've noticed that they're using when it comes to heroes and villains this season. So in season one, for sure, I actually just watched this like mashup that I made of all the times they repeated the same lines over and over again throughout <laughs> season one and two. And it was like, good always defeats evil. Good always wins. Good always defeats evil over and over and over again. Henry and Snow and Charming and even Emma, like even before Emma believed in all of this, she was all good always wins. And then now they're not saying good wins. Now they're focusing on evil loses. Like they're not saying good wins anymore. They're saying villains always lose and that and we don't we're not standing for that anymore. So they're really kind of shifting the focus of the show, at least like in a language sense, they're shifting the focus from these are the heroes and of course they're going to win to these are the villains and they all have stories and we're going to tell them. And don't you think they should win, too? That's a really good point. And actually, that brings up something I know I wanted to touch on that ties into that which is something that Regina has been saying all season and then something that the Queens of Darkness talked about, which is that they were written as villains. Regina keeps saying things like, the, the book made me a villain. Yeah. And that flies completely in the face of everything Adam and Eddie have always said, which is that evil isn't born, it's made. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure slaughtering a village of innocent people made you a villain. I do not have amnesia. I remember the village full of dead people. I remember Rumpel <laughs> killing the maid. I remember Hook selling Bay to Peter Pan. I remember these things, but they keep acting as though this omnipotent, omniscient author, who I guess is going to be our insertion of God into Once Upon a Time, <laughs> is actually controlling and writing everything. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> okay. That was like, that was RG's rant of the podcast. Um, if you're a member of the forum, you've heard it all before. <laughs> That's great. Well, and the book, they've, they've shown that the book shows both, like the page right. that Regina has could have been possible were it not for her choice to run from that. Like she made that choice. Yeah, so they've already given us reason to not think that it's set in stone just because it's written in the book. Or that the yeah. book controls it. I think the book is somebody is recording the choices that they make and the consequences thereafter. <laughs> Regina stops making bad choices. She will stop being a villain. <laughs> and it's not even just Regina, though. Henry is saying this stuff, too. He keeps saying stuff like, you know, the book made my mom a villain or this book got it all wrong. And I'm like, no, Henry, your mom did do these things. Yeah, Henry's never been the sharpest knife in the drawer. <laughs> but he had a concept of good versus evil. That's true. You know, you go back to season one. My mom's the evil queen. So, well, yeah, and speaking of evil queen, she seems to be actually... Reformed. Yes, reformed, yeah. redeemed, unlike uh, unlike Rumple. So, so Rumple tried to tempt her to go back. Yeah, it, yeah, there was a contrast. The whole scene with Rumpel and Regina in the car was like the contrast. Here's the one that made it, and here's the one who hasn't yet. Yeah. And it's just by what they decided on, because, like, 
Regina is sh- now making decisions that help others instead of just herself. Yeah. She had that look on her face for a second after he got out of the car. She needs to stay away from him. Yeah. It was like she was going to do something to Marion, which really, let's imagine the consequence of that. Go take your happy ending. So she goes and kills Marion. Is Yeah. Is that going to produce a happy ending? No. <laughs> she did the right thing. And it was yeah. actually kind of cool to see. Her character, like if, if you do want to Lena, look at a good character arc this season over the last two seasons, I'd say actually like she has, I was worried that this season was going to be her going back and forth again. And Oh, am I good? Oh, am I evil? I can't make Mm -hmm. up my mind. Oh, it's snow white. I don't like her. So I'm going to take her heart. She's She's been been very very true true to to her her changing or evolving as Rumpel said. And what I thought was interesting too, about her, momentary struggle with deciding whether to do something to take a happy ending is that it we know watching it that she did the right thing but sometimes they put these little ideological things into the show that don't work even with the truth that they play out later so robin is saying he has to live truthfully and follow his heart but you know heart the heart is not necessarily good by nature. And so I thought it was very strange. I mean, it sounds good. It's it's kind of a feel good thing, but I thought that this was a great example of where that wouldn't be a good thing. So if Regina had lived truthfully and followed her heart, she would have gotten out of that car and just killed Marion and said, all right, that's out of the way. Let's go be a family. Yeah. And I know several of the listeners resonate with that feeling of the it, it's a really messed up situation it's messy yeah. because that's what happens kids don't time travel this is the kind of thing happens well but, like i said before it's not fair <laughs> it's not even a real situation so we're we're trying to pull out the morals of this situation and it's not even a thing that can be <laughs> it's not fair yeah. jessica O said i do want Robin and Regina to end up together, but not with Marion hanging around. Although I thought Marion handled everything quite nicely, though, and it made me like her more. I don't think having Marion leave with someone else would have been a good option. Roland would then be saying goodbye to one of his parents and making Marion or Robin choose one, choose who he stayed with wouldn't have been a good idea. I definitely don't want this to be the last time we see Robin this season, so I'm hoping that it will play into the story coming this second half, like you suggested. At the very least, I would hope they find their way back to Storybrooke with Rumpel somehow. Mm -hmm. That right there gives me an idea. Oh. What if (laughs) that's somehow Rumpel's way into Storybrooke? Is the supposed true love between Robin and Regina. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know how that would work. Maybe. I feel like it's not going to be as complicated for them to get back in as we're thinking. They always find like, a way to defeat the I barrier. I can feel, I can picture like the, the four of them like heading over to the town line, all holding hands and poof. They're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, sometimes... Yeah. Sometimes it is complicated, but I feel like if if there's going to be a full story arc next season with all of these villains, it can't be too long before they are back in Storybrooke. Like Emma, they can't have a normal life for very long. 
Like, why didn't Sorry. Emma and Regina and Elsa, while they had her, just give it a good Care Bear stare? At least I know, try. Right? <laughs> We've got Guard Heart Bear, Ice Heart Bear, <laughs> and uh, I don't know what Regina. Could be. Dark Heart Bear. <laughs> Dark Heart Bear. <laughs> Uh, I I felt as soon as Regina said, oh, the diner down the street that she was sending Robin Hood to, I was like, oh, that poor diner. Like, they're probably, <laughs> that's probably where Pinocchio took baby yeah. Emma. That's probably, like, just all, all of the weirdos from Storybrooke in their still, like, fairy tale outfits <laughs> end up at this poor <laughs> diner down the street. Why didn't someone give them real clothes? Nobody gave Anna and Elsa real clothes the whole time either. Marion's the only one. Yeah, but one they in were in clothes. Storybrooke. They didn't leave. No, they still kind of got their like merry men outfits on. <laughs> their Those gear. clothes are totally from the gap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just look a little woodsmany, leather jackets and such. Woods yeah, mini. they are in a hunting community, probably. <laughs> well, leaving Storybrooke, at least as we know it, means you can't come back in. And apparently, Jacqueline just left Storybrooke as well because. She's not going to be able to join us for the rest of the podcast. We lost her. She's still alive. Uh-huh. Don't worry. But she's <laughs> so you're going to hear an absence of Jacqueline's voice for the rest of the podcast, just in case you think we're keeping her silent or she's Aww. gone mute. But we'll have to press on without her. <laughs> she dropped Jacqueline, the mic and walked away. <laughs> find your way back to us. <laughs> she's gone like Rumpelstiltskin. Ooh. How about that scene between Belle and Rumpel? Oh, so painful. It's uh, oh. It gave me flashbacks from Buffy the Vampire Slayer's season two finale where Buffy had to kill Angel to save the world. Very similar parallels and there was a pointy object involved. <laughs> <laughs> I think that whole thing, it showed that Belle is stronger and much smarter than we ever give her credit for. I was happy because it's so frustrating to... Well, we know more than she did, obviously, but it's so frustrating to watch somebody in a relationship like that and just be constantly, you know, lied to and taken advantage of and then and not do anything about it or just be so blinded to it that that they don't take any action. And uh, I also really enjoyed the acting in this scene, which I'm I'm uh, as I've said, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of Emily Duravin, but I'm not a huge fan of how she portrays Belle sometimes. So. This was really good. It was a really yeah. like, it made me feel emotional and I don't actually like Rumbell all that much. So <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I no, and I agree. It, it was very, very well done. In some of the spoilers, we knew that Belle was going to have a much bigger part, but I had did not see this coming with her pushing him over the line. Yeah. And it's because she use the gauntlet first that was her first thing i think what yeah. might have happened with her use of the gauntlet is she s- found that and just thought oh i wonder what this would point to it probably points to me mm-hmm. and then she discovered nope it didn't <laughs> I, by the way i gotta say the i know a lot of the fans are kind of upset about the gauntlet thing mm-hmm. they're lumping it up there with the magical taser why? <laughs> because why a gauntlet? Like in our forums over at oncepodcast.com, several have been pointing out all of the other things that could be used from Camelot that would have been a lot more fitting for this idea. 
why a gauntlet. I think maybe the reason okay. with the gauntlet is a finger can point yeah. at something. Is there an example? I'm not that Camelot well, familiar. Well, like anything uh, Merlin's sword or like Merlin no. kind of things. Uh, sword well, in the stone. Could they possibly want to save some of these artifacts for a more important story? Yeah. Plus they've already done a faux sword in the stone. Are we going to go see Camelot? That's what Maybe. I want to know. Because we've already met Lancelot, so now we need to see well, like King Arthur and Merlin. and We met Cora. <laughs> well, if we get to meet the author's backstory, I think we might be going to Camelot. Because I think the author is Merlin or Yensit. I mean, they might merge those two together. They might. So, yeah, I think we'll eventually go to Camelot. I'm going to need to brush up. And by brush up, I mean learn anything at all about... <laughs> Camelot, if that's right. going to happen. Um, do you guys do you guys think that Rumpelstiltskin was really afraid at the end, or do oh, you yeah. think he was yeah. just pulling Bell's heartstrings? He's pretty much a coward, though. True. I was so confused why he toppled over, and I'm like, oh yeah, the cane thing, <laughs> <laughs> the crushed leg. <laughs> Evidence that he doesn't have magic. And one thing that jacqueline did want to make sure that her voice was represented was to say robert carlyle is a genius it's true <laughs> it's very true i was quite disappointed that i did not meet him when i was in steveston <laughs> but i was like 20 feet away from him so i'm counting that as something he sensed your presence he sensed my presence for sure <laughs> one person who's probably very glad that rumple is gone would be Hook from this because Hook has been Rumpel's, you know, henchman now for a few episodes. Which I would like to point out that when Hook was when Rumpel was speaking into Hook's heart, there was kind of this swirling darkness, yeah. which is consistent yep. with. They didn't talk about it, but it was consistent <laughs> with the rest of the plot. So I was uh, grateful for the consistency. Actually, yeah. every time we saw Hook's heart in this episode. Yeah. There yeah. was darkness in it. Yes, but that's the only time I noticed. <laughs> I liked that scene. I think it was really well acted between the two. Like, I know they weren't in the same room or whatever, but playing off each other, kind of, they were acting like Rumble was speaking for Hook. Um, I was wondering if, like, what do you guys think of Hook grabbing Emma's arm? Was that him trying to indicate to her that something was wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it kind of seemed like he was fighting against it himself and that was just the most he could do it's you know it's classic uh when when your actual consciousness is repressed by a foreign consciousness you know sometimes you can fight your way out yeah (laughs) happens more in sci-fi than fantasy though i was a little bit confused about the portal that rumple so handily knew about when he looked for a portal for 300 years that would get him to this land. And we know that that portal gets him to this land because that's how the Snow Queen got here. Right. Um, did he just like stumble upon that earlier this season in a deleted scene that we maybe weren't privy to? Or uh, I think I the broom know. led him to it just then, right? I guess so. But. Yeah. And also, I think he gave the information in this episode. Realize this. He didn't know about this abandoned manor until mm. this season. It wasn't there was the implication. Yeah. And he didn't know whose house it was until more recently. And he didn't know how Ingrid got to our world 
that it was through the sorcerer's apprentice's help Mm -hmm. until very recently. And that's what led him to the conclusion of, well, if the sorcerer sent Ingrid here, then he probably has some portal hidden in his house. I think the big problem, you know what? I've just jumped ships slightly. Not really ships. I'm not going to go full blown sneaky fairy. Is that what they call her? Yeah. Uh, But it is her fault. She was too ignorant. She said the only way for him to get to our world was the dark curse. Clearly that was not the case. If she had known a little bit more about magical realm jumping, none of this might have ever happened. And since she's supposed to be like the be all and end all of magic in the enchanted forest, you'd think maybe she would have mentioned that. She's the oldest magic. Well, maybe in her day, that was the only way, but not anymore, sister. Somebody, um, I was just at a work Christmas party and one of my coworkers was like, Aaron, what about the blue fairy? Like how they, we gotta get, like, they're out of the hat. Where'd they go? Like what, what's going to happen to all those people in the hat? Um, so I told her I'd bring it up in the podcast and I said, probably they'll wrap that up next episode, but I don't really know. It was pretty, it was a pretty CGI effect when (laughs) Rumpel opened the hat, but yes, then, then nothing happened. (laughs) Actually, I would say a lot of the CGI and visual effects in this episode seemed better to me, especially I noticed the lighting back in Arendelle looked a lot more natural than usual. Like the color and the white balance and that kind of lighting. Just it looked a lot more like they were actually in this scene. Right. (laughs) Maybe they saved up for this episode (laughs) so they could properly fund their CGI attempts. (laughs) I did kind of want to see Rumpel get all of this freedom and get the power of the hat. I didn't want to see Hook be killed, though. And yeah, I know those two things have to go together. You realize Belle saved Hook's life. Yeah, that's Aww, true. Because it's Belle. Because it's Belle, even though he tried to kill her like two times. Well, <laughs> so, once you find something that's worth fighting for, you never give up. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't really work, but Belle said it. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice, uh, nice Belle quote. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I like that quote. <laughs> Speaking of never giving up, we are recording this just before Merry Christmas. So in advance, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Just before Merry Christmas. (laughs) And one of the things that people do around New Year's is they make New Year's resolutions, something they want to accomplish in the year. And let's be honest, a lot of us don't keep our New Year's resolutions if we even bother to make them. Look at Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you about a resolution you can keep and that is go to lynda.com slash once that's l-y-n-d-a.com slash once lynda.com is an online training service that is our sponsor for this episode they have an amazing resource of new things that you can learn and you can learn very quickly you can take your time to learn learn at your own pace over 4500 courses with more than 100,000 video tutorials taught by top experts. You could learn something like how to make special effects. So maybe you could eventually end up working for ABC or working on your favorite TV show sometime. Maybe you could learn how to make and produce your own 
TV shows and movies and cinematography and all of that. Basic so, locator spells taught by Rumpelstiltskin himself. Blood <laughs> not, magic. Not a real course. <laughs> you could also learn the behind the scenes stuff like video editing or photography or other things like design, business, marketing, all kinds of things. Check it out. And here's what's really cool is you can check this out for free. You get a 10-day free trial if you go to lynda.com slash once. Once again, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash once and try it for 10 days. Check out all of the courses they have. Pick something that you are going to learn in 2015 and go to lynda.com slash once and learn it there. There are so many awesome things here that you could spend all of 2015 learning amazing things, but I really highly recommend you pick something that you're passionate about and learn it. Make that your New Year's resolution in 2015. Challenge yourself to learn something new. So go to lynda.com slash once and snag that free 10-day trial and make 2015 an amazing year for you of learning and doing something new. Once again, lynda.com slash once. Who do you think Linda was over in the Enchanted Forest? (laughs) Someone who taught everyone amazing skills and talents and taught all of the heroes everything they know. Indeed. So we were talking about the house and how it's just like sitting there in the middle, like the sorcerer's house. So I really think that we are not finished with him. We've got so much more to learn. Like who, where... What is he? (laughs) Is it he? Is it like, we don't know anything about this sorcerer. Because his house is just sitting there filled with stuff. So it's got to have more fun things in it. Um, (laughs) And the big big reveal at the end, too, with the library that Henry I know. Because those are all empty books. So look at, think of all the stories that still need to be written. So when we wonder what Henry does all day... He does things like this. He <laughs> he stayed behind in the mansion and none of the adults noticed that he stayed behind in the magical mansion. And he right? went around apparently pulling on all the fixtures. Because <laughs> somehow at some Whoa. point he found this secret passage at the end of the hallway. What would you do in a magical mansion, Probably Jeremy? Not that. I might open the cupboards, look in the rooms. I don't know if I would pull on every light fixture in every hallway. I might if I were Henry. Hey castles and stuff yeah. it's, he grew up thinking he's a fairy tale character his mom was <laughs> when jenny watched with us she pointed out that it was very much indiana jones like <laughs> when the wall turned yeah and my other big thing with the whole sorcerer is do we think that he's going to be the key to helping to defeat the villains because of that hat that because rumples doesn't have the hat anymore so the hat is still in Storybrook. So are they going to let out the blue fairy and all them and let everyone help Hmm. or what did they do with the hat? It's just there. What I'm saying. Well, I guess the other heroes picked it up after they poofed. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. If anyone can get everyone out, it would have to be the sorcerer. His apprentice is in the hat or he is the apprentice. (laughs) I really don't think so. Well, Watch, we'll probably be surprised the sorcerer will be some lady. <laughs> We're thinking it's going to be this guy, and it's going to be some lady. Yeah, somewhere. you're probably right. Most most major characters on Once Upon a Time do not get to be men. Here's the thing I wonder, though. 
are we even going to meet the sorcerer this season? Because think about this. Around this time in season two was when they started going in the direction of the Peter Pan thing, but they had to take us there via Greg and Tamara. So maybe this whole second half of the season is going in the direction of the Queens of Darkness and Rumpel. And <laughs> unless he's going to become a queen too. Oh, okay. But it'll go in that direction and they'll be looking for the author. Everybody's looking for the author. Maybe we won't actually meet the author this season because that sounds very end game like. And we've talked about that before. It's like the box. Yeah. <laughs> we don't necessarily want it opened yet. It could be that's the the hook for the end of season four to take us into season five is we're right about to meet the author or we discover who the author is at the last episode and then boom. Yeah. Maybe people said breaking the original curse was endgame. Well I didn't but they that's not <laughs> what the pilot indicated to us. Right. The pilot indicated that breaking the curse meant the final battle will begin. I don't know if are we still holding them to that? I don't know. <laughs> I no. don't think so anymore. Well, I think the final battle has happened, basically. I don't know when it happened, but it probably happened. See, this this season has had a lot of throwbacks to the to the pilot, to the actual first episode, not only season one, but to the pilot. And then something that uh, Emma and like Regina were saying to each other in the library when Henry found it made me again think of the pilot when Emma was like, yeah, sure, I'm I'm in. I'm here to bring back the happy endings. That's what I'm going to do for you too, Regina. That's totally like, that's what Henry was saying to Emma all through the pilot when he's trying to convince her to stay. He said like, you're here because it's your destiny. You're going to bring back the happy endings. So they might be trying to tie it back now. If bringing back Regina's happy ending is actually a legitimate thing that the savior can do. Yeah. And Rumpel will probably get in the way or Regina may get in the way of Rumple now because it seems like Regina is slowly shifting over to Hero's side. Yeah. I wonder if Rumple now, six weeks later in New York, if he knows who the author is. Nice. Because he seemed to be mm -hmm. talking more confidently or maybe he knows where they can go to try to find out who the author is. When he and Regina were in the car talking he never thought about this thing of, oh, let's find the author and have him write us a better story, anything like that. So it was Regina that gave him that idea. Yeah. And I'm thoroughly convinced after this episode that the author is the sorcerer, whether we call him Merlin or Yen Sid, I don't know, the sorcerer. I'm just going to go with that for now. I'm convinced he's the author because he's got these books in his house. And even Rumpel basically referred well, Rumpel confirmed that this house belongs to the sorcerer, and in the sorcerer's house are all of these books. So this sorcerer that we have not met, that has just been vaguely called the sorcerer, has got to be the author of the book. And they had the well, broom, the walking That's broom. what they want you to think. <laughs> just note to Adam and Eddie, please don't make this a I know your bailfire moment. <laughs> <laughs> Please, please do not bring back the typewriter. We don't need August to come back. Please. Don't bring back the taser. Don't bring back the oh, dragon. Goodness. <laughs> and by the dragon, you mean the dragon, not the Maleficent dragon. Right. 
Maleficent Dragon, that's cool. The other guy, <laughs> not so much. It was nice to see a closing to the Arendelle storyline. Yeah. Anna is going toward her wedding. They're getting chocolate. <laughs> a line that seemed a little bit forced from Frozen. That scene suddenly was like, oh, that's like we were just beginning the Frozen characters again. But it's okay. It was nice. Um, I noticed a pendant that Elsa was wearing that's probably not significant at all, but I've never noticed her wearing it before. That blue gem that she was wearing at the end. But I like that they actually fully, completely wrapped up. It's not It's not as if they can't bring those characters in for another storyline if they so desire, but mm-hmm. it's not like the whole Philip Aurora Mulan, right. like where we're thinking they're going to be back in the next episode and then they never come back for the rest of the season. <laughs> right. Start, middle, finish, done. <laughs> yeah, they they gave us, it was basically just a punch, and that's all it took to right. dethrone Hans. <laughs> uh, like and you do. Anna and Kristoff are having their happy ever after. I really wish they had showed that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny that Emma wanted to be the one to open the portal back when, how many times has she been like, unintentionally sucked into a portal um but let me do it guys it might it might it might be dangerous um and then like if it weren't for it being delivered by anna it would have been such bad writing but the whole oh i wish i got to meet this mr gold guy and he's like a fairy godfather right and he seems super helpful right um just on her way out the door like only anna that's just so true to her character Mm -hmm. So I thought that was hilarious. And I, I was actually drinking water when she said that gold was a fairy godfather. And <laughs> it just, it didn't end well. <laughs> but what about the wishing star? You think that's one of those throwaway items as well? Well, they never explained whether it was a one-use item that's or true. not. And, you know, maybe it can just sit on top of a file cabinet like a powerful gauntlet. And be careful what you wish for. Which, by the way, speaking of that little line, our next episode will be a review of Into the Woods. So be sure to watch for that. Into the Woods comes out on Christmas Day. It was, Jeremy and I did see it. And in short, definitely expect a musical. It was a lot of fun. Not from the podcast. Yeah. It was a lot of fun of a movie uh, from what we've heard. We haven't seen the musical itself, but from what we've heard, it stuck very close to the musical. It will get certain tunes and certain words stuck in your mind. And it's really cool how they weave the fairy tales together. Very once upon a time like in that. So watch for our uh, more detailed review that does start off spoiler free in episode 178 of the podcast, which will be coming out on Christmas week. And Into the Woods comes out on Christmas Day. So check it out. Comment on that. Let us know what you think of the movie. I can't wait. We're going Christmas Day to see it. (laughs) One of the really good things I liked about this episode is that we got to really see how Regina and Emma are bonding into like a sisterhood, (laughs) co-parenting, I guess you could say thing. Drinking buddies. Um, Well, yeah, they're drinking buddies and (laughs) Regina learns that Emma is really there to help. Like she's not there to like attack her for anything and agreeing to help with Operation Mongoose really showed that like she wasn't like, oh, no, we shouldn't do this. It was like, no, really, let's do this. We can do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I love how their relationship has completely, it's so um, amicable now. And compared to how much hate we know Regina used to have, even from the last episode where they were all under the Snow Queen's <laughs> curse. But I loved that dialogue at the end that was about, oh, I'm not in the mood for a hope speech. You're mistaking me for my mother. You need a drink, <laughs> buddy. That was just so great. And while all all the while, our son that we share together is, you know, <laughs> off wandering somewhere. Pulling on light fixtures. <laughs> in a magical house. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, far from everyone. <laughs> right. It's so safe in Storybrooke. Well, they probably figure all the threats are gone. Snow Queen, Rumple, <laughs> Evil they Queen always... is now his mom again. Yeah, yeah. Regina's <laughs> not the Evil Queen at all anymore. And she's still got some attitude with her, but that's kind of just her personality. Her fireball yeah. hand twitches once in a while. <laughs> By the way, I wanted to share a piece of feedback that we got. This was a great theory from Leslie going back to Cruella. Leslie said, let's assume that Rumpel banished her to the land without magic. In the Enchanted Forest, which, by the way, why wouldn't Rumpel just banish himself? If he could do that, if he could send someone over, I don't think that would be a thing. But still, this is really interesting. Here's the interesting bit. In the Enchanted Forest, Cruella had magic, but since in our world she does not, the events in the classic 101 Dalmatians animated movie takes place after the banishment. Hence why she had to rely on henchmen and was usually commenting how she was surrounded by idiots to get things done. Most uh-huh. likely, Rumpel will connect with her as a current or ex-convict tying the two versions of Cruella. One of the things I thought uh, as a springboard from this theory from Leslie is what if Cruella needs Dalmatian puppies as secret ingredients to potions and such. No. And forget the whole babies thing. She uses puppies. She has to actually make a fur, but it's an enchanted fur. Yeah. No. As only Dalmatians can do. I, I have like to rewatch this movie again. Yeah. I just put it on hold at the library to watch during hiatus so I can have smart things to say next next half. Jessica brought up the point of what happened to the door to Arendelle? After they went through, does it still work? Can oh, they pass know. back and forth? Because it seemed like Elsa and Emma have a great friendship now. Are they going to be pen pal buddies? Just throw notes throw through notes the door? The door. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That was, um, I think I commented on this before I even like had discovered your podcast back in season one, that Emma doesn't hug people very readily. Like even the first time she kind of hugged Henry was pretty significant for her character. Um, and now it's I, it was really endearing to see her hugging Elsa and like having such a heartfelt goodbye because they really did. They really did bond and connect. Another Jessica pointed out that the title of this episode was Heroes and Villains. It doesn't say heroes or villains. Jessica said, I think this is very telling of the whole show in general. And once upon a time, there's so much gray area that heroes are not just heroes and villains are not just evil evil is made not born and people can be both villains want to be heroes and want to have their happy endings too this seems like what we are seeing this episode and what next season is going to be about rumpel believed in the first part of the episode that he could be a hero and a villain and have his cake and eat it too but soon after he hit rock bottom and left storybrook He's going to have 
realized what is it is going to take for a villain to truly rewrite his story. Yeah, I think Rumpel is the new villain, and he's going to fully embrace that, no longer trying to turn over a new leaf, but being yeah. that villain. Or even hide it, because that's also what he was doing. Right. There's this quote I was going to bring up earlier, but it's a quote from the TV show Angel, and the girl goes, funny thing about black and white, you mix them together and you get gray, and it doesn't matter how much white you try and put back in, you're never going to have anything but gray. And uh, this show is kind of like that. Like we saw that Snow's heart still has, like it's Snow White, but her heart still has that little, you know, twinge of darkness from when she killed the queen's mommy and said she was sorry, <laughs> didn't mean it. <laughs> um, Who has so, that part though? Is it her or Charming? They each have half, right? They each have half of the heart, but where was the dark spot? Was it in the right side or the left side? I'm sure it was evenly <laughs> divided. It's like a hologram, like a true hologram. You cut it up and you still see the whole thing. Huh, I just realized that explains why the Charmings have been so half-hearted lately. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but Jessica, it was Jessica, right, who just said that? Her yeah. mention of Grey just makes me wonder whether this show is ever going to have somebody completely if it's even possible to be completely reformed I don't know. in the context of this show. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, this concludes our discussion of heroes and villains. We'd love for your comments on some of the things that we brought up here. Please go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 177, and you can continue the conversation there. Or go to our forums at oncepodcast.com and start your own conversations, what you think is going on, what some of your theories are, comment on some of the other theories that other people share. That's all at oncepodcast.com, and we'd love for you to be part of that. We have this hiatus coming up, and yes, it's going to be a long hiatus, but we've still got some cool things planned for you. We have the Into the Woods movie review coming out just a little bit after this episode, or it might be out by the time you're listening to this podcast episode. Gallivant is coming out during the Once Upon a Time time slot in January, and we're going to do a review of that. Some of us, at least. I'm not sure how many of us will watch that, but I'm planning on it and looking forward to it. And then we have some other cool things coming during the hiatus and also mixed in with when Once Upon a Time is there, like the Cinderella movie coming out and some other cool things going on and some other things that we're working on making happen during the hiatus. So stick around, make sure that you watch the website, watch the forums, follow us on Twitter at Once Podcast and each of us individually. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Aaron, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. And I'm Hunter Hathaway. You can follow me at Bit of Pixie Dust. And don't forget to follow Jacqueline at punk underscore bunny underscore 87. This podcast would not be possible without your kind support and also the great team of volunteers that we have behind it. Special thanks to Corbin for sorting our feedback, Jack writing our show notes, John Buchanan for editing our episodes, Hunter and Jacqueline providing spoilers. Jacqueline and Matthew Paul moderating the forums, Jacob helping with screenshots, Keb managing the timeline, Aliascape moderating the chat room, and my fellow co-hosts Jeremy, Aaron, Hunter, and Jacqueline for hosting the podcast. 
No, I'm not talking to myself because I know you can and do listen to me. So thanks for listening. <laughs> Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our donors for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them to make a one-time donation, automatic monthly donation, which is what helps us the most, especially with the hiatus coming up, or a per-episode donation, Go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. That's also where you can find our affiliate links for amazon.com. And make sure that you take the challenge to learn something new in 2015 by going to lynda.com slash once. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash once. And thank you for your support.